Welcome to Your Key to Orlando Real Estate. This podcast brought to you by the experts of the Orlando Regional Realtor Association is your go-to listening for all things home buying and selling in Central Florida. Our podcast is released on the second Tuesday of every month and we'll be bringing what you need to know if you're thinking of buying or selling a home anywhere in this area. Tune in for topics such as qualifying for a mortgage, staging your home to sell, considering new construction options, and so much more. Of course, we'll always take a quick look at the current state of the Orlando housing market and its influence on buyers and sellers. You can look forward to a new Realtor host for each edition of Your Key to Orlando Real Estate. Hi, I'm your host, Realtor Rose Kemp. I have more than 20 years of experience in the Orlando housing market, and I am a proud member of the Orlando Regional Realtor Association Board of Directors. If you are in the process of buying or selling, you might know that inventory is low in the Orlando housing market. This means that there's an intense competition for the few properties in the market. Sellers are receiving multiple offers, and that's what we call in the real estate world as a seller's market. In this episode, we want to discuss what a hot market looks like and what to expect. We will also go over some challenges potential buyers are experiencing. To go over this topic, we have here with us my fellow realtors, Christina Rordam and Gary Balanoff. And I am excited to say that our guests uh, both practice real estate here in Central Florida, and they specialize and are experienced in residential real estate. So thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Rose. Thanks for having us. So let's get started. Please tell our listeners about yourself, a little bit about yourself and your experience in residential real estate. Awesome. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I grew up in Orlando, uh, was born and raised here and my family was in real estate. Um, and I got into the business about 16, almost 17 years ago. Feels like forever, but I love it. It's, uh, it's always interesting. There's always new challenges and it never gets boring. It's so great. Um, helping people, making friends, Yes, I've been doing it for 17 years now in July. Started in new homes. Then the foreclosure crisis hit and I I did that, the foreclosures and short sales. And then now I just work uh, by referral. Sounds great. Sounds like you've been in a few different markets. All right, Gary, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself as well and your experience in residential real estate? Sure. Thanks, Rose. Uh, Yeah, I've been in the business for 37 years. I am so long a veteran of this business that my son has been doing it now for six years. So I have been at it for a while, was a uh, company owner for 20 years, so I had to supervise about 6,000 sales during that time. You know, specializing in residential, we've seen pretty much the roller coaster of, of what's happened over the last, you know, four decades, basically, in the marketplace. And what's exciting about it is that even after that time, still excited about it because every day is a little bit different. And every situation is different. Every lot is different. Every house is different. Every buyer's need is different. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So 
Let's get to it. What are you, uh, Christina, what are you experiencing in our current hot market? Because it is hot. And what do you believe are the main factors that are impacting our market positively and or negatively? It's a great question. And I know we're going to delve into all the offshoots. It's like this question invites another question, like we were saying before. (laughs) It just, it's opening a Pandora's box of questions. Okay, so... It is a hot market. A couple main factors. Number one, we're, we're already sort of a destination state, especially here in Central Florida. We're right by Disney Universal. We're a quick drive to the beach. It's great weather year round. And now what we're seeing a lot happen with the pandemic, people are being allowed to permanently work remotely or work from home. And so, you know, the folks where it snows half the year are saying, you know, why are we doing this? <laughs> let's, let's live somewhere where we don't have to shovel snow. So we're getting a lot of people relocating here. And we already had a shortage of inventory. The, the whole situation with all of the shutdowns started last year. And, you know, I think people were unsure what to expect, but what we've seen is, uh, you know, people are still optimistic about the housing market. People still want to live here. So we're seeing a big influx. And I think that's a positive thing. It can be a negative thing if you're if you're a buyer and maybe you're not able to get a house, but we'll get into that later. I think everybody can get a property. And, um, you know, the inventory, the inventory shortage is, you know, I mean, it's, it's good for sellers, but that's probably the main thing, right? I think that we're all experiencing is there's, there's, we just wish that we had more homes. We we have such a high demand right now. So I think those are the two main factors that I'm seeing. I agree. Gary, what do you think? What's your experience right now in our current hot market? Yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, I agree with Christina. I mean, those are, those are huge issues that everybody is facing. Uh, one, one thing that's also impacting the uh, demand is the low interest rates. Uh, people are, uh, I've heard people say, well, gosh, what happens if it gets to 4% in the next year or two? And I said, when I started in this business, the rate was 16%. Well, how could anybody afford something at 16%? Well, they made the best of what they could because they realized that owning a home was important then, it's important now. And so we serve a lot of people who basically say, I would rather not rent, find me a way out of my $1,600 to $2,000 a month rental, and let's get get me into something that I can afford, but I know I can't afford much. And so we do the actual number and get them pre-approved, which I always would stress to anybody that's out there thinking about getting a house, that's the first step, get pre-approved for an amount so that you know exactly how much you're going to be paying. And then you can add on taxes and insurance onto the the, uh, 3% interest at this time. And you're probably going to wind up saving money per month over what you're you're paying on rent. So that's a huge factor in it. And that's why, one of the reasons why it's driving that, in addition to the fact that all the relocation that's going on and people who who have been here a year or a couple of years and go, hey, I think I get uh, the lay of the land. I know where I need to be and you know what I need to be close to and can I find a home in that area and that's you know as long as you have that kind of target you can usually find something we you know a realtor can help you with that and actually piggybacking on that Christina I know that there's a trend of millennial buyers have you experienced millennial buyers jumping into the market and giving it a shot to purchase their first home 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think the millennials have been strong for a while. And they're kind of an interesting combination in that they're actually really loyal. So they like technology, they like to go on and like use third party websites. But then at the same time, they'll look at some houses and then they might ask a friend like, hey, you know, do you know a good realtor? Or I've helped a lot of millennials and great referral source. So I think it's it's a really cool combination of like technology is here to help us, but people still really want to get um, that expert opinion, that experienced agent, that person that has the specific knowledge to help them achieve their goals. But I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen the millennials shy away from it. I think the millennials are really interested in exploring their option. What Gary was saying with the rates uh, it can be a great opportunity for somebody to say, okay, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to get more money for my property than right now. I think now is a really great time. I can get a good rate. I can get a good return. Maybe I can make that leap and get that school district that I wanted, or I could get that, you know, extra bedroom. It's such a strange time, right? I mean, it's like, it's so sad, all of the things that are happening, but people are not staying stuck in that mindset. They're still like keeping their eyes up and say, okay, yes, there are some sad things happening, but there's still some opportunities and we're spending more time together as a family in our house. Let's make it something that we really love. Yes, I, I do agree. Um, there is a lot of purchase opportunity and with the historical, historically low interest rates and rent factors being high, I know that that also creates a lot of excitement in the real estate market. So how important, Christina, do you feel that it is for a buyer to have realtor representation in today's market and why? It's going to sound like a commercial, I know, but it's, I'm going to just give you my honest opinion. I'm not, I'm not going to be fake about it. I, I really think it is important because, you know, I am somebody who helps both buyers and sellers, probably like all of us on this call. Uh, I'm not just a buyer's agent or a listing agent and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it from both sides. Most of my offers are getting accepted. So as long as folks are, because I'm in there day in and day out. And then also, you know, we all work together. We know maybe people's negotiating styles. We know certain neighborhoods may be, might be super hot. And we also know how to structure deals so that they, you know, they get put forward. There's not going to be any details missed. We're going to present a complete offer. And I'm seeing on the listing side, some of the stuff that comes in and, you know, we're dealing with the sellers. We know what they prefer in general, not just in a hot market. Right. Because of the experience. Especially if you're just looking online or driving by at signs. By the time you see that sign, (laughs) you know, it might be too late. I think now more than ever. Yes, there's a lot of technology. Yes, we can still embrace it. But we're the reason why people are getting first dibs or getting those offers accepted. So I think it it couldn't be more important. Understood. Gary, what do you think? Yeah, quite simply, what's happening is most of the people who are looking for a home are either, as Christina said, millennials looking for their first home, or even if they have owned a home, the time that people have owned a home has, has grown large, longer. Uh, When I got started, five to seven years was the average that somebody would stay in a home and then they would sell it and do something else. Now, uh, in our area, it's more like 12 to 13 years. And when that happens, I have even sellers that say, well, so what's changed during that time? Well, what hasn't changed? I don't know. I mean, what's changed in the last year? A lot has changed. And so if you haven't participated in the process before at all, or it's been many, many years since you did, you need the guidance from somebody who's a professional, a realtor, to be able to guide you through that 
to make sure that you know everything that you need to know. And a lot of it is just setting expectation levels at where it needs to be. The, the, the language that I like to use with clients is this, don't fall in love with the house until you get the keys. We'll hand you the keys at closing, then you can fall in love with the house. But there are things that can happen along the way. And if you get all of your eggs in that basket where we finally found the right one and we got the offer and we outbid 15 other people and now we're, we're gonna do it and then your inspection goes haywire, or your appraisal goes haywire, and you can't then get the house for whatever reason, uh, it's important for your realtor to pick you back up off, dust you off, and get you on the road to something that may actually work out better. I, I've had situations where people just, what do I do now? Just stay calm, everything's gonna work out. And oftentimes they'll tell me, I love the, the house we actually got better than the one that we jumped right. action on. Uh, so just stay patient, and keep that positive expectation, but not unrealistically, you know, high expectation of something that's just going to be perfect. It's going to rely on your realtor to get you through the process. So what I hear from you both is, and I have to agree with it, is that having a realtor on your purchasing team or selling team can be extremely beneficial in today's market, considering all of the many different factors and challenges that we're facing today, including high activity. In your experience, Gary, and a professional opinion, what are three top best real estate practices and or strategies that you feel a buyer should do with their realtor, obviously, to secure a home in escrow? When we say going into escrow, Christina, can you add what that means? It's referring to just when we when we go under contract and we the buyer will make an escrow deposit. So it's uh, ultimately goes towards their down payment or if they're VA, they get that money back. But it's just a little skin in the game for the buyer, sort of. It's often referred to as a good faith deposit. So going yeah. into escrow solidifies the contractual agreement between the buyer and seller. And that's when we go pending, correct? Mm -hmm. So what are what are three top things that you would recommend or advise um, for a buyer in today's market to give it their all, put their best foot forward to go into escrow to purchase a property? Well, the, the, that's good. One, first thing is uh, do not underbid. Do not say, well, I know this is listed for 400000 Can we offer three fifty? That is not going to work. I mean, you can't. Wait a minute. I thought we were giving away homes. You, <laughs> I wish, I wish we special. could. You know, when I work for a buyer, I'm trying to negotiate the best possible value. But sometimes value is not related to price. Do you right. like this home well enough that you want to make it yours? If you do, you need to make the best possible Bid. I mean, that's all you can say because, and, and ask the other realtor, and, and most realtors are pretty good about this. They'll say, well, we've already got two offers, but if you'd like to you know, get in the process, we're going to be accepting the highest and best. That's the phrase that's being used now. So be familiar with that at this time. And it doesn't always relate to price. For example, if you can pay cash for something, it tends to work better than if you have to finance something because financing involves appraisal. So that's part of the process too. So if you're a cash buyer, you have an advantage. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can still offer the 350 on the 400 house because you're offering cash. Would people 
like a fast closing? Well, that depends too. That's why you have to consult with the other realtor and say, do they want a fast closing, slow closing, whatever? And that's that's where we're in what we call coopetition. We're in competition with each other because we'd rather do it ourselves than you know have have somebody else do it. But on the other hand, we all work together to be able to achieve a sale, which means we have to get a meeting of the minds, which means both parties have to be on board. And you can't get both parties on board if they don't agree to anything. So and research. Yeah, if we just if we prepare up front for how to, to couch the offer, we can more likely have it done. I've had offers go through uh, that weren't the highest amount. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes because the, the other factors involved. So be prepared for, could you close more quickly? That might appeal to some people who need to be out of town within a short period of time. Uh, or it's a vacant house and, you know, the people have ongoing costs. If you can get them out of those ongoing costs, that would be a good thing, too. So basically having maybe your realtor, I guess, research as much information as possible pertaining to the property so that they can then, along with their real estate agent, strategize the right. best, strongest offer that that buyer can make. Exactly. Yep. And Christina, have you, um, I heard out there many, many realtors dealing with bidding wars, and that's been kind of a big topic lately. In certain price points, actually in many price points, I've seen that happen in, in, in even higher price points, 600000 So what's your experience with, with having a buyer that is submitting an offer where you've been disclosed that there's multiple offers on the table. What are some of the top things that you do to make sure that your buyer is the strongest buyer and can outbid everybody else? Sure. Great question. Um, you know, number one, when I submit an offer package, I'm going to submit it complete. And I'm going to read the instructions put forth by the listing agent and I'm going to follow them. When I entered general real estate, it was during the foreclosure crisis. And, you know, and, and I did a lot of uh, listings for the banks. I read and follow the instructions. Like Gary said, not every agent, um, you know, it might, it might be different factors that are important. And they might mention some of those factors. So I look for that. Uh, I try to be timely. Sometimes there are deadlines involved. We're all out there every day. So we kind of have our finger on the pulse of the market. We know how things are going to go in certain neighborhoods. So be complete. Be on time if there's any sort of deadline. Understand the neighborhood and the values. Those are big factors. Keep it simple. You can avoid asking for unnecessary concessions. Do it. I think a home warranty is a great thing to ask, but maybe simplify your offer and, and don't put that $600 request in there and just worry about that post-closing on your own. So I just try to be thorough, complete, simple, have an understanding of the values. If I'm working with a buyer, we're going to be having that discussion ahead of time about the market. What to expect because you may need to. I, I had a, a one recently where we went sixteen thousand dollars over asking. It sounds scary, but the appraisal came in above that. We looked at it, we assessed it, and we go, okay, you know, they're asking this. This is actually a very fair price. We're good up to this point. It's like somebody told me when you're shopping for a car, it can be intimidating, and maybe it could be for a house as well. But you're going in there and you're like, okay, well, this is this is what I'm willing to pay for this. And then you don't stress. I mean, you assess the situation and you may need to go above asking, but if it makes sense, then you can do it. And you know, the market always ebbs and flows. 
but it's important to look at it as a buyer. Like, what are my plans? Do I want to be here long term? Do I want to, uh, what's the value is going to look like in 12 years? What do we, or 12 months rather? Uh, you know, if you're planning on li- being there for a while, it, it may not concern you so much about a, a, a bidding war. But those are my, my, my strategies. Yes, and I definitely agree with all of that. I also, I guess, in an effort of educating our our purchasers out there, realtors have access to seller's disclosures that they can review ahead of time. We have access to what's called realtor remarks that the consumer cannot see, but we can. Those are things that I know that as realtors, we are able to convey to ensure that no one's wasting their time, number one, but number two, that you strategize the best offer possible based on what you know ahead of time of the property so you don't have surprises later on right so do either of you uh do you recommend a purchaser to consider new construction in today's market new home versus resale what are your thoughts for for me um it depends on where they want to be there are some areas like if you want to be in winter park maitland there's not a lot of things being built there if you if you don't mind being further out uh from the town center you know uh if you don't mind being in Lake County, for example. There's a lot of building going on there. There's a lot going on in West Volusia County. There's a lot going up in West Orange, uh, Winter Garden and so on, continuing construction there. But again, the prices have gone up so much and you have to be aware of how long the build build out process is going to be. So if it's not a what they call a spec home, which the builder has built to sell immediately, and is getting rid of today, uh, a lot of people really can't wait six, seven, eight months for anything to be built. So I just try to take that into account with the buyer and say, how long do you have to be able to make that decision? If we cannot find anything resale, uh, I've found that, you know, out of every 10 buyers that look at resale in the same price range as new, nine out of 10 will buy a new house if they can get it for roughly the same price even if it's not exactly in the, the area that they had originally thought. But on the other hand, you've got to pay $50,000 more for that house. It gives you pause for thought. And a lot of people are deciding, hmm, you know, I could put in new flooring for that. And then right. this would be perfect and it would be in closer to where I want to be. And so I don't have to do that. That sounds good. Yes, absolutely. I think there's uh, definitely, a, it sounds like new factors that buyers need to consider when you're looking at a new construction. Christina, any thoughts about new construction versus resale? Yeah, it just depends on what they're looking for, what their needs are. I think it can be a great option. I mean, certainly you're going to get a lot of energy efficient items. It just depends on, you know, it comes down to location and what you're looking for. I mean, some people really are, you know, looking for that downtown mid-century vibe. You're not going to find that in a new home. Or, you know, where I grew up, Dr. Phillips, I mean, those homes are on amazing lots. New construction is going to charge you a pretty penny to have anywhere close to that. So it's all about the needs of the consumer, but there definitely are options. It may seem like the inventory is short. There's still plenty of options. There's plenty of opportunities. The main thing is like, don't panic. Get with a good professional. It's not some crisis where every house is going 50,000 over asking. It's still very attainable. You just have to prepare and have a game plan with your professional. I agree to that. And so I'm gonna combine, I guess, a couple of questions here for us to wrap things up, such great information. So what advice would you have for home buyers that may be having a hard time going into escrow? 
on a home and maybe they're feeling frustrated or unsuccessful, can each of you please share some encouraging parting words for buyers and final thoughts? Well, I'll say this. Um, again, it's, it comes down to expectation level and you have to, as a buyer, set your expectation level realistically. Your realtor can find you a home. And it, it again, might not be the delightful house on the hill with five bedrooms and three baths for under 200000 that you could get 10 years ago. But what do what you mean? You can get, <laughs> you, what you can get, unless you go really far out in the country. But but the, the thing is, if you can be realistic about your expectations, share with your realtor what your desire is, what your thought is, and he or she can put you in position to get something that's, if not right on the, that target, then very close to it. Uh, within what is available in today's market. So once you get a chance to see the things, it'll become a lot more obvious to you what is possible and what is not. Uh, I, I will always tell people, I'm not holding anything back. We, we always, as realtors, will show you any possible thing that could work for you. So please consider it realistically and we'll help you get it. So Christina, can you also share with our listeners as we wrap this up right here, uh, some encouraging parting words. If buyers are feeling frustrated or unsuccessful, what do you have to say to that? What do you have to say to them? You know, just the same thing I was saying a minute ago, just that really you just have a plan, hire a professional and, and interview your professional. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of us. So find out if the person that you're thinking of hiring has the specific skills that you want, the experience that you want. And then find somebody that you're comfortable with. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's still a process, whether you're cash or finance. So find somebody who you feel comfortable. And there's a lot of us that are qualified to do that. And then just have a plan. Figure out the more focused you are on what you want, where you want to be, and what your non-negotiables are, good and bad. What will you absolutely not deal with? And what are your what are your have-to-have items? So have a plan. Be prepared with your pre-approval or your proof of funds. Hire somebody to guide you on that journey. It's very, very possible. In fact, I think there's actually some amazing opportunities. Even in the Great Recession, there's a lot of people that picked up a lot of great properties then too. So yeah, just keep the faith. It's it's it's. A lot of great opportunities right now. Gary, Christina, thank you so much for all of this great information. I'm certain that our listeners have taken plenty of nuggets from this. We appreciate your time. I know you're both extremely busy, and I hope that our consumers out there and our listeners gain some insight about what we've just discussed. And I have to say onward and forward, everybody, let's keep moving along. It's the American dream, and you can make it happen in this historically amazing market that we're in here in Central Florida. So one, thank one last word yeah. uh, to paraphrase Winston Churchill, never, <laughs> never, never, never give up. You're a buyer, <laughs> don't give up. You can I love it. it. <laughs> I agree, don't give up. Thank you guys. During the month of February, 2021, the Orlando housing market inventory experienced a significant drop compared to the same month last year. However, the average price and sales increased. A total of 2,995 homes sold during the month, a tally that is 19% more than the 2,521 sales in the same month during 2020. 
The median price of an Orlando home sold in February 2021 was $280,000, which is a 12% increase compared to the same month last year. The limited number of homes available for sale in Orlando still a challenge for buyers. Compared to the same month in 2020, the number of homes on the market decreased by 50%. Compared to last month, there are 19% fewer properties available. There are currently 3,420 homes listed for sale. Our housing market numbers are provided by the Orlando Regional Realtor Association. Visit orlandorealtors.com for more information. Thank you, Christina, and thank you, Gary. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, go to orlandorealtors.com for information. You can also find a realtor today or browse properties in the Orlando area. Don't forget that a buyer's consultation with a realtor is free and using their expertise will keep the buyer or seller informed with how the market is changing. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Your Key to Orlando Real Estate. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review Your Key to Orlando Real Estate and tune in for episodes on the second Tuesday of every month.